Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Ryan Deeds, your host. This podcast is dedicated to trying to make insurance agencies more efficient and more operationally excellent through the engagement of employees to making employees happier using technology to offload soul-sucking tasks big ups to indio you know there it's awesome that they're supporting our industry that they're helping educate and keep agents relevant especially ones that that really want to be ahead of the curve and take advantage of all the technology and all the options that are out there Today, I'm super stoked. I've got a guest that I've worked with in the past. She's one of the, the best account managers that I've ever known. She's energetic and smart. She's always brought a buoyant personality to, to the organization. And uh, her name's Asia Hurley. So Asia, thank you so much for being with me today. What an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I got to talk it up, right? I, I got I to set that bar high and whatnot, you know. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I only have superstars on here, right? You know, I don't. And I feel the same. I'm here with a superstar myself. So thank you for having me. Only because of the people that I know and that I've learned through from my career. That's it, right? We we all work together to get better. And so what I thought that Asia, Asia is a, um, it's hard because HR HR is scary, right? And so, but you're, you, I would say that you are a new entrant into the insurance space in the last 10 years. You fit in the millennial demographic. And I thought it would be compelling to help organizations understand the challenges that you, and the needs that your kind of generation are looking for. I mean, you hang out with a bunch of millennials that are in the insurance space, and I'm sure that they um, have plenty to say about the good and the bad of different agencies. And so I thought it would be a, a cool time for us to get together and kind of have that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, for me, the biggest thing, you know, on the front end is you have this generation of people who are getting close to retirement, right? And they are so intimidating because these people are wealth of knowledge. And so here we come in as millennials and we're like, oh, we have the technology and we have, you know, uh, our degrees and we're just trying to figure our way into this industry and don't really know what we're doing at first. And we're relying on these people to get all of that knowledge and try to take it with us to the next step because really there is such a big gap between that generation and this generation. And so that can be a little bit intimidating. And then, you know, in the same, on the same token, you have that generation, some of the people who are not as open to technology, they've been doing the same things for years um, and they don't really want to change. And so you hit some frustration with that as well. And, and so it's definitely a fine balance that you have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I like to think of it as, you know, if I've been in the industry for a long time and I've seen claims go bad or things that have happened that I've maybe created an E&O at some point in my career, I'm sure that that has created a reticence, you know, a, a resistance to change my process because when I change my process, I open myself up to having some cataclysmic problems. I mean, this is not like, hey, yeah, I, I scanned the same soup can twice, right? This is, yeah. damn, I have a gap in coverage. You took a f- uh, some kind of water loss that we didn't cover. 
you know, and that falls on my shoulders, you know, squarely. And so I, I think that the more entrenched probably have carry more weight from, from that because they've seen that occur. Um, and I, I think it's interesting. I think that's interesting that you said that you're intimidated uh, or that it could, can be intimidating because I think that they feel the same way. You know, Absolutely. here's yeah. right. Cause you come in, you've got YouTube and Google and every, you know, the things that you can learn in th 30 minutes, it, it may have taken them years to get that knowledge. I mean, obviously there's a difference there, but you can get to 60%, you know, of a very specific topic really quickly. And I think that, that that's, that's freaky on that side as well. So, you know, what can organizations do that you've seen to help narrow that, to help, to help change that and make that better? You know, I think training on the front end um, is always a great solution. Just um, better mentorship. I've been very lucky in that way. I've had some really great mentors, um, especially when I was at the Crichton Group. I mean, I worked with a lot of really great people who have been in this industry for years. And I've honestly, I attribute who I am as an employee in the insurance industry to a lot of those people, because I wouldn't know the things that I know and I wouldn't be the kind of employee that I am without them and their knowledge and their willingness to help me get to the next step. And so I think, you know, that really is a big thing for millennials on the front end to have that mentorship because without that, it's a scary world, you know, I mean, insurance changes so much every day. So you have this industry that I don't even know how many years old it is, but insurance goes way back, right? So you have all of these things that have been around for years and then every day insurance evolves, new risks pop up. I mean, now we're talking, we've got drones and, you know, even things like intellectual property that you don't think about on the front end, but all of these things that we're insuring so, um, yeah, I mean, mentorship really for me is the biggest thing because I know I wouldn't be where I am without the mentorship that I've had. So I think that's interesting because I think that, you know, providing a mentor to a millennial that comes in for, you know, six, eight months, 12 months, um, and then maybe having a couple through the duration of the first 36 months, right? So, you know, and any agency could really do that. They could, they could have somebody that was open and communicative and not protectionist, right? Because there's a difference between somebody who is protecting their piece of the pie and somebody who's risk adverse, you know? And the folks that kind of protect their piece of the pie, I'm not a fan. You got to go. You know what I mean? I just, I, because we, we all learn together, you know I mean? We're all a team and we have to be That's, a team or else we cannot function on a day-to-day -day basis. So. Right. And I, and I, and I mean, if, if, op, if, if leadership retains employees that actively shut down, because the other thing I think millennials bring is a fire and an excitement that, that, wasn't there in the previous generation you know it's just it, it's a different feel every generation has its own kind of um patterns but the millennials are dynamic they're lifetime learners they they understand that change is going to be kind of consistent and constant and when you when you have a bunch of those in the organization is the organization starts to change 
if you can keep them, if you can engage them. So I think that's a really good point, you know, from if I'm looking to bring in and retain millennials, if I had a mentorship program, am I more likely to attract a millennial and say, hey, look, we've got a 36-month mentorship program where you go from A to B to C. At the end of that, you'll kind of have this kind of knowledge and you get to, you know, maybe you get to pick a niche or two that you get mentorship on. To me, that's a pretty attractive offer to at least retain them for the three years and to be able to provide a good knowledge transfer to those individuals that want to be mentors. And in my opinion, if you don't want to be a mentor, um, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. That's a challenge yeah. for me. You know, I need, well, I need I people think, to share. Yeah. I think that's what happens sometimes is you do have these people who are mentors that don't really want to be because somebody has been placed in their lap, you know? Right. And so, and to their, to their defense, I mean, day in, day out, it's a hectic, hectic industry. So, you know, they have things going on every single day. And, and the last thing most days that some of them want to do is train this new person that's there. They kind of feel like, well, shouldn't somebody else be doing this? Or, you know, shouldn't they know this already or whatever? But, you know, ultimately, if you had an I think something kind of similar, um, you know, that we did at the Crichton group a while ago was we had the buds program mm -hmm. and it was not as much geared toward the mentorship, but generally just this, this companionship there for new people so that they could get integrated into the agency in general. Best bud ever, Stacy Taylor. Yes, Stacy Taylor. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Stace. And I mean, <laughs> Carrie Elsie, right? Carrie came up Absolutely. with that. And yeah. so for those that don't know the Crichton Group, if you're ever at the Crichton Group and you sit around with a couple producers, you will hear them say, what's up, bud? How you doing, bud? Hey, went golfing yesterday, bud. This bud, that bud. It was, it was just kind of the way that they talked. And so our awesome HR director that was that, that's there now and was there when both Asia and I were there, uh, Carrie, came up with the buds program which was a cultural mentorship program right it was more of a come in be a friend show you where to eat lunch you know introduce you around if stacy was your bud she'd just ask you a ton of billion questions you know about your life and all the different things and so yeah i mean i think that that's a great like entryway into a more formalized educational um thing what drives, I mean, that's, I guess progression is a big part of, of why you want to be at a certain place, right? Because obviously, you know, you don't want to be the same person that you were five years after you got there, right? I mean, how much does that play into the decision to stay or to go and to, to all that jazz? Oh, I mean, that, I think especially for millennials is one of the biggest challenges because, <laughs> It's kind of um, like being in this this generation of instant gratification, right? Like we want to see results quick, and being patient sometimes is really hard. Um, I mean, when you sit back and you look at it, ultimately, you know you have to be patient because things don't happen overnight. I mean, this is a very complex industry, and so it takes in my opinion, a year just to get integrated into an agency, you know, six months to a year minimum. 
And so I think sometimes people want to see results overnight. And, you know, for me, for example, I started out as an account manager assistant one. Um, about a year in, I moved up to an account manager assistant two. And then probably another year in, I moved up to an account manager too. So it was like, you know, just that simple progression. And then now at the agency I'm at, I'm an account executive. So, um, and that's happened probably in about four years time. And honestly, that's very quick compared to what the normal progression is. But I do think that's a struggle for a lot of millennials because they want to see these results and don't realize sometimes that it really does take time to learn myself included. Sometimes I have to sit back and say, okay, Asia, just be patient. It's coming. You know, you've got plenty to learn and plenty to do between now and then. So, um, but that's, you know, I mean, that at the end of the day, I think like if an opportunity comes somebody's way and, and it's a step up or, you know, somewhere in a different direction that they see themselves going. I mean, that's an easy way for somebody to make a quick jump, sure. um, especially millennials. Well, I think it's tough because I mean, I, I think one of the key takeaways listeners is career path, you know? So, and, and like Asia had said, I mean, again, Carrie Elsie, you know, she, she was kind of, um, Cooper had said, look, we need to have some career paths. We need to have some, some progression. And so Carrie did a ton of research, uh, looked at a whole bunch of different things and created these different um, kind of delineations as for progression that would give individuals an understanding of kind of where they were going. So you wouldn't be is sitting in an AMA position for four years without having any idea that you were moving in the right direction. Where if you have an AMA1, an AMA2 that progresses to an AM1 and an AM2, as you progress up that, at least you know, like, hey, these are the things you need to do to get to that place. And if you get to that place, now you can feel kind of validated and vindicated. And maybe there's small, you know, uh, increases or different freedoms that are given for those roles. I mean, I think that those, but those are all things that don't cost a lot of money. They, they, the mentorship stuff would really be a, a free kind of deal. Career pathing is more about your creativity and how to celebrate the advancements and what those advancements look like for the millennials. What are key things that agencies need to do today to provide for millennials to stick around long-term? Well, obviously, you know, I think benefits always factor in. So, um, even things down to 401k match, you know, you see this, you see all of these articles about people who are way outworking their retirement age at this point, over 65 and not retiring. And so, you know, I think it's smart to um, invest a little more in your employees on the front end because you do, I mean, honestly, it benefits both parties, right? And I think millennials look at that because personally, I don't want to work past 65. Like I want to do my time and then I want to enjoy my life, you know, because you work really hard and you want to get to that point. Even things like remote work, one, two days a week make a huge difference. Um, just the culture in general at your agency makes a huge difference. The camaraderie Def and define that a little bit, define the culture sure. aspect. I mean, what is that? When you think about the, the funnest days, the days that you're like, yes, I'm glad as hell to work at this place, 
you know, can you pick a couple of those days that you had either in, in at Crichton or at your current agency that you were just like, you know, this was just a cool day and it was neat to be a part of it? Yeah. So my current agency is, you know, you walk in and you feel a little more like you're um, at like a tech startup office. And so it's, it's a little more um, relaxed in that sense. I think things like that, just making it more of a comfortable atmosphere. And then things like, you know, at the Crichton group, we would even have an ice cream social one day and they would get ice cream and we would all like hang out for 30 minutes, eat ice cream and chat about, you know, the agency or chat with each other about things and have just a sense of camaraderie between one another um, or amongst like one another. I think like popcorn Friday. I like, I was so down. Friday. Dude, yeah. I, I was so down on pop. Like when the ops <laughs> team was like, Hey, yeah, we're going to do popcorn Friday. I think Catherine had kind of come up with that. They're our CFO. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's going to be terrible. But it ended up being something that people at two o'clock, if the popcorn wasn't made, somebody was getting mad and all the people would come and get popcorn and kind of chat about it. And the way it worked was for at Crichton, somebody in management had to do the popcorn. You know, that was kind of the, the thing. And so, you know, there's six or seven managers and one of those managers would cook the, would pop the popcorn in this popcorn machine. And it was kind of a, a servant mentality almost that, that I thought was ultimately extremely effective. And I didn't think it was going to be, I thought it was going to be more fluffy and stuff that would be forgotten about. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's funny. Cause like the dance offs, right? Like we, we did dance offs for a little while where they would have like, Hey, everybody go to the room and have a dance off. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and like Halloween is a great example. We have a chili cook off on Halloween, right? And everybody dresses up and departments go against each other and they have it out and, you know, employee benefits wins every year. And <laughs> most know? ridiculous thing. I mean, it, they go crazy <laughs> at Halloween. It's, it's one of those things you have to tell a new employee, like, look, it's nuts because it is, it is like people come in two or three hours early. They get stuff done up that I remember when PL was an octopus. Do you remember that? Like they, they were, no. yeah, they, they all dressed up like each person was a different arm and Mary was like the head. So, but yeah, I mean, right. Creating experiences and emotional moments like that help to solidify that, that family feeling culture kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, well, because millennials grew up in a generation of you can do anything you want to do and work should be fun. And, you know, most of us, I think, would agree that, and this is a running joke in insurance, but most of us would agree we didn't set out to be insurance agents and account managers and commercial insurance, but here we are. And so every day, if you can make it fun and be creative and you know, figure out ways to come together to do that. I mean, that's, that's all you can do, you know, because insurance can be um, very Boy. mentally draining yeah. <laughs> someday. No, absolutely. I mean, it's process intensive. What about the uh, service work? You know, what about service day days that are, are devoted to community kind of service stuff? I mean, is that stuff that, that you believe is effective at uh, engaging the millennial, like when we did the yes stuff or when you would have, you know, go oh, build yeah. a ha house for a habitat for humanity and stuff like that. Are those, are those programs that agents 
can leverage to to help empower and retain uh, millennials? You think? I honestly, I think so. Um, you know, for me personally, that was always something that I really enjoyed. You know, we got well, I think it was eight hours that we could pick any. Um, service or any charity that we wanted to donate our time to. Um, so we got that PTO time basically for, uh, specifically for nonprofit work. Um, to me, that was a huge incentive and it doesn't sound like a lot, eight hours, but in eight hours, there's so much you can do for so many people. Um, you know, the charity event that the Crichton group held every year, um, just, yeah, all of the opportunities to get out in your community. And the great thing about that too is not only are you giving back to your community, but you really are getting to know your community. And in insurance, it's a relationship business. So that's so important. And for millennials, you know, I think especially we find out at an early stage in our career that it's a very tight knit industry. Everybody knows everybody somehow. And for us to kind of get in there and start getting our names out there and getting to know people. I think that's really important because we want to feel like, you know, when I, even now when I hear an underwriter's name and I know who that is because I've heard it like two or three years ago, I get a little excited inside, you know? Um, so yeah. getting to know your community and especially as an independent agent is really important. And so anything you can give back, I think that's always a perk. Yeah, and I think it's a double win for the agency, right? I mean, the agency gets to to use that as PR to say, hey, yeah. you know, we're supporting our community. Here's what we did. It gets to get the the account managers, the, the millennial out of the office doing other things. Um, and so, I mean, the, the couple topics that we've talked about, these are all really low-cost solutions that can be implemented almost instantly in any organization. So we talked about mentorship. You know, pairing a, a, a new person up with a more seasoned individual that wants to be paired up. I think that's a, that's a critical piece there. You know, either from a cultural adoption standpoint or an education standpoint. We talked about, um, you know, creating a culture of fun. You know, how do you have fun in your agency? If you're an agency listener today and you think about your agency, and it's dull and bland, I'm betting that you probably have a hard time retaining millennials and attracting millennials. You know, we talked about some of the, the, the things that are needed, you know, 401k match to prepare for an exit down the stretch. We talked about um, remote work, which I just think is imperative. If, you, if, if your agency doesn't have remote work as an option today, you need to just be the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You need to talk, just constantly talk about it because that is a quality of life thing that, that really enhances uh, your ability to retain employees. And since more and more people are doing it, you're at a strategic disadvantage to not do it. And then community work. I mean, in community work, what a great thing if you have millennials that want to get out and engage in the community. Now you can provide community service to, to the area that you sell to and you can help retain that at millennial. So all of those are no cost, real, you know, no real cost solutions, things that can be easily implemented. And you heard it straight from a diehard millennial, <laughs> right? Well, I don't know if I would call myself diehard, Ryan, but. <laughs> I do, I, you, are, you, you are an insurance nerd to the nth degree, darling. Yes, you, I you am, are. unfortunately. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. 
and and that's an awesome thing you know people that have passion about our industry and about protecting clients and getting the right coverages while it sounds extremely dull it's awesome to me so I, I i appreciate you being on my podcast and i appreciate yeah, you being on visiting a broker I, I suspect that down the stretch we will do this again we will have other topics maybe i'll get you and melissa on one together that would be wild. oh yeah that would be great some real nerdery going on there oh so. yeah <laughs> asia if people want to reach out to you how would they get a hold of you if they want to reach out to me yeah, so say that they have a question. An HR person says, yeah, man, sure. I really want to pick Asia's brain about it. How would, they, <laughs> how would they get a hold of you? You can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. It's just Asia Hurley. It's A-Z-I-A. Better make that clear for everybody. Um, you can also email me if you want. My email is Asia, A-Z-I-A dot Hurley, H-U-R-L-E-Y, at I-G-A dot biz. I'm always happy to get with you on anything any questions you have all right well you heard it here and listeners i appreciate you guys tuning in today if you guys want to be a part of our uh, digital broker podcast group please hit me up on linkedin again big ups to indio for supporting educating and uh keeping us in the know so thank you very much and we'll talk next time thanks thanks this podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and ENO free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one on one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www dot u-s-e-i-n-d-i-o dot com slash podcast.